Hey guys, a decade ago, or just over a decade now, I made a pivotal choice that really transformed my life and my family's life and sort of paved the way for some pretty incredible experiences and moments that I get to cherish. Like, you know, like we just recently went to Japan, Korea, skiing. No, this is not saying all this to sort of big myself up or anything, but it's just like, you know, it's like really the fruits of hard labor, a hard strategizing and being persistent in property investing. Like that's what I did more than a decade ago. I started investing in property. And as a result, I can now spend quality time with my family and, and sort of make lasting memories, um, accept the liberty to do anything I want whenever I want. Um, I get to accept that liberty and, and embrace the little joys of life, like, you know, sipping a, you know, like a, I don't know, like a hot chocolate in the middle of the winter's morning or something like that. So if you're thinking to yourself, like, how can I buy my first property? How can I get a return on investment? How can I generate cash flow? Then this episode might be really interesting because we'll be starting with just the basics. We'll be talking about two things. The first thing is what does strategy mean? Like everyone always says, start with strategy, start with strategy, start with strategy. But what does this actually mean? How do we actually build a strategy to build a passive income and a multi-million dollar portfolio? And the second thing we'll be talking about is how to do suburb research or rather how not to do it. Like, you know, everyone just says, I'll oh, jump on realestate.com or domain. In this episode, in the part B, we'll sort of talk about actually how to do more strategic suburb research. So if any of those two topics are of interest, then hopefully you'll get some immense value. Here we go. Welcome to the Oz Property Investment Mastery Podcast. My name's PK and I help busy people build passive income by buying top 5% growth and cash flow property and build a portfolio using data without wasting months doing research, spending weekends at inspection or catching flights or dropping ten dollars to $20,000 on buyer's agents every single time. So if you're confused, lack confidence and just overwhelmed with all the information and marketing misinformation available online and don't know where to start, then this show is for you. Okay, so the first part, how do you actually develop a strategy? Like the best property investment strategy you should think about the long term as well as the short term, and it should lead you or sh should create a foundation to build many, many properties on top of it. A strategy is so important even before suburb research, okay? They're not the same thing. Um, this episode was recorded like quite a while ago, and so I think... I might sound a little bit different, but hopefully the quality of the content brings you, you know, some really, like, real value. Here we go. Everyone talks about strategy in property investment circles. Start with strategy, start with strategy, start with strategy. But what does that even mean, you know? Why don't we just hop on realestate.com or domain and, and get going? Why do we need to start with a strategy? So here's what a strategy really is, and this isn't everything, but this should give a, a really good start um, for you, and it's really important to have a robust strategy, answers to these questions to build a long-term um, portfolio. So the first thing is 
price point, right? Um, so to understand which price point you want to buy the first property at, the second property, the third property, etc., we need to understand your borrowing capacity. Your borrowing capacity coupled with any savings you may have or existing equity you may have, those two things combined, will determine your to total price point affordability. Now, you, don't, you may not want to max out that, that price point affordability in the first purchase, um, but it's good to know what you can afford. All right, so that's, that's the first thing, price point affordability, which is determined by um, equity or savings and borrowing capacity. The second aspect of your strategy then is what is your cash flow? So your household budget, and if you already have any investment properties or any other commitments, um, do you want your next property, the next property, the next property to all provide you positive cash flow, to all provide you neutral cash flow, so not costing anything, not um, giving you anything, or are you happy with negative gearing? Look, you know, a lot of people um, look down upon negative gearing, and, and certainly it has a lot of disadvantages, but at the same time, we shouldn't just say that's a bad strategy, because for some people, maybe not most people, but for some people it may actually make sense. Okay, so cash flow is the second element of your strategy, and that determines the yield um, at which you can buy properties, the next one and, and future ones. The next element of your strategy, or the third element of your strategy then, is, is um, your risk appetite. So we're all different, so we need to understand our individual risk, risk appetite. And that will determine, and that will dictate um, exactly where you buy. Look, there are some really good locations across Australia to buy investment properties. But some of them have higher price volatility and, and higher upside, but also downside risk than other locations in Australia. So we need to really understand, you know, would we be happy if this price, if this property was to fall by X percent, even though it has the potential to rise by X plus Y percent? Okay, so that's a very individual thing. Not the last thing, but one of the last things to, to look at in terms of strategy is how active or passive you want to be, right? So if you want to be very passive, that's going to determine uh, certain suburbs and certain properties that you should buy for the next property and thereafter. But if you want to be very active, if you want to be involved in, um, in cosmetic renovations and structural renovations and subdivision, etc., etc., I mean, the sky's the limit, then that all determines exactly what you purchase next time the subsequent purchase, etc., etc. So, for example, if you want to find a suburb where you can manufacture $50,000 of equity or $70,000 of equity through a quick cosmetic renovation, let's say something that costs you $10,000, $15,000, then it may not be possible for you to buy that type of property in a super high capital growth suburb where an investor who is only concerned about capital growth would go. Right, so these are generalizations, but um, I just wanted to go through those four aspects of strategy development. There's other things, and underneath these four things, there's so many nuances. Um, but I just wanted to give that, that overall um, sort of indication that don't just hop onto realestate.com or domain. Don't start looking for properties. There's a place you should start, and that's strategy development.
Okay, and now to the second part of the episode, and we'll be talking about suburb research, how to start property suburb research without going on realestate.com or without going on domain. This is how the experts do it. Check it out. I'm seeing a lot of people um, when they want to become property investors or even if they already have one or two properties, they start their research by jumping on realestate.com or they start their research by jumping on domain. Um, that's really not a good way to go about things. And, and the reason is that, you know, there's 15,000 suburbs in, in Australia, okay? Um, and about 3,000 of, uh, of them are statistically reliable, which means that there's enough transactions, enough listings, enough sales for the data to be credible, to the data to have some integrities that, that we can use it, okay? Um, so if there's 3,000 suburbs that are potentially investable, if you want to use that word, then what purpose does it solve by jumping on realestate.com immediately? We can't scan 3,000 suburbs or even 100 suburbs very easily just by going on realestate.com, right? So that's why a lot of people, um, and it's not their fault, you know, it's just um, they don't know yet. Um, they spend so many weeks or days or sometimes months researching, you know, researching. Researching isn't a bad thing. We want to do research, but we don't want to spin our wheels, okay? So don't just jump on realestate.com. Take those 3,000 suburbs and figure out what the short-term growth drivers are and what the long-term growth drivers are, okay? So things like population growth, um, I'm outspoken to say that that actually doesn't have a huge correlation with property price increases in of itself. Um, but population growth close to amenity like schools, hospitals, water, um, train station, these things don't dictate short-term growth, right? Just because you're close to the CBD, that doesn't mean that that suburb is going to have growth in the first three to five years. That's, that's not how property markets work. There are other factors that determine short-term growth. And as property investors, you know, yes, we want to have that long-term growth. We don't want to be in a place that doesn't grow long-term, but really we want that short-term growth, okay? Because the way that compounding works, of course, is any long-term growth, if it's compounding on short-term growth, then that long-term growth is further exacerbated. It's stronger, right? So we really, as property investors, want short-term growth. And it's not about um, gambling. It's not um, unpredictable. It's unpredictable insofar as the exact capital growth percentage, but it's very predictable to say this suburb will have short-term growth, right? Now, we don't know if it's going to be 12% or 8% or 2%. Of course, with the science, you can kind of, you can, you can make a good estimate, but we don't know that exact um, percentage, but we know it's going to happen, okay? because there are signs. It's like a pressure cooker. Back in the day, they used to use pressure cookers where you put a lid on it and you put some, let's say, vegetables inside um, and water and you put it on the gas. And after five or 10 minutes, you know, the cooker starts to vibrate and there's like a whistle, a steam thing that, that kind of whistles at the top saying that, you know, your, your vegetables are done. That's the symptom that we're looking in growth suburbs, okay? So 
you can't find those symptoms, that, those data points by going on realestate.com. You need to have a, a reliable set of data. I personally use 35, you know, other people may have their own systems. 35 data um, factors, a sequence on how to look at them and how to interpret them together, right? That will dictate the extent to, uh, to which you'll achieve short-term growth, okay? So growth is king in a buy and hold strategy. Different strategies, it's different. In buy and hold strategy, we want to be cash flow positive, that's not negotiable, but we want growth in the short term. Long term, yes, but short term as well. Okay, so if you're just starting out your property journey, congratulations, um, it's going to be a very profitable journey. But if you are already well, starting off your journey, or if you already have some properties and you're looking for your next one, don't just jump on realestate.com. Do that. But once you've selected out of the 3,000 suburbs, your top one, two, three, you know, I, I generally don't like to go more than three because then it's hard to kind of mentally get, get around it, but top three suburbs for you. Now your suburbs will be different to mine, to another person's, because we're all individuals. We have our different strategies, right? Different parts in the, in the risk portfolio and uh, the evolution of our portfolios. So, you know, I just can't stress this enough. Hopefully just by adopting this tip, um, you will be able to shave off hours, if not days, if not weeks off your research time. So start with research, not on domain, not on realestate.com. And, and I just don't, I don't simply mean just core logic either. Um, there is a plethora of data that you should um, be looking at from different sources, triangulating it and, and figuring out, is that suburb in a pressure cooker environment? If it's not, it may still have long-term growth, but we want short-term growth. Thanks so much, guys. Hopefully those two parts brought you a lot of value. If you are looking to level up even more, then please do join my Facebook group with almost 35,000 amazing community members. The link is in the show notes and also my YouTube channel, Australian Property Mastery with PK. Um, the links are also in the show notes. You'll really get to level up on YouTube. I do a whole lot different like deep dive charts, graphs, like more evidence-based type of content. And of course, on the Facebook group, the community learning and the inspiration and the education you get from peers and those who are perhaps newer in investing than you, or perhaps those who have been investing for decades, that kind of collegial peer-to-peer -peer learning you can't replicate. So do immerse yourself in investing because that's really what it takes to, to get ahead and get the outcome that you want. Thanks so much, guys. And please don't forget to leave me a review if you want on Spotify and iTunes if you're learning and listening on those platforms. I'll see you next time. See ya.